Ephesians 5, uh, beginning at verse 15, has some uh, tremendous words for us today as we try to think very practically on a day-to-day basis about what it means to belong to God, to be His. It says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to establish right up front this, this thought and this principle today. It's nothing earth-shaking, but it's, but it's so, so true. And you can say it as if you're owning it today, and that is this. My time, my day, is valuable. My time and my day is a very valuable thing. You say, well, I, I know that. I know that, Pastor. And I guess I just want to come back and say, do you really know that? Do you know how valuable it really is? Had a, a privilege this week uh, due to our friend uh, Don Ballard, who's the church relations uh, officer, director, whatever your title is, Don, for Arrow Ministries, which is a, a great ministry that's in five states and especially present in Texas that serves uh, families through foster care and adoption, and went to a luncheon uh, this uh, week in, uh, in their behalf uh, for their benefit, a w- very worthy cause, and a very uh, pleasant, um, well, pleasant's not the, r- the right word, but a, a very unexpected and, and uh, worthy surprise was uh, the fact that Robbie Parker, who is uh, the father of Emily Parker, Uh, who was one of the six-year-old precious children that was senselessly killed at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, uh, Connecticut. Now, if you have their pictures there that we could see, just to get a visual. And heard Robbie speak um, at the luncheon for a few moments. And uh, you could tell that he was still uh, very nervous and very emotional. You know, this isn't distant past. This was December 14th, 2012, just a few weeks ago that this tragedy happened. And uh, he was up in front of us, and you could tell that uh, he's not a polished speaker, and this isn't what he's making his living at. And he even spoke about the fact that most of the opportunities that they have to, to be in front of audiences, they, they turn down. He was nervous, he was emotional, he was courageous. It struck me that he spoke about the fact that, that he had spoken with uh, Adam Lanza, the, the, the shooter, the killer, that he had spoken with Adam Lanza's father. And he was filled with compassion for the Lanza family, just as he is for his own and for the other families in that community that have suffered so much. He talked about his daughter, and when he did, he, he smiled through his tears how much uh, she lit up uh, their lives and the lives of other people. One thing that really struck me is he related how she was an early riser. 
for a little girl. And that it, it, it wasn't uncommon that uh, she would come into their room about 6 a.m., an hour that, that he kind of called ungodly, and uh, said they're n- they weren't usually up and really getting after it till about 7. And she would come in at 6 or 6.15 and be just ready to go for the day. And, and they just got to a place where they said, you know, we just can't do this. And, and Emily, you're going to have to stay in your room until 7 o'clock. And so they bought her a clock. And uh, she's a bright little girl. And they, they taught her quickly how to, how to read that clock and how to tell time. And uh, so... That uh, was the system they decided to set up for that. It wasn't long after that and not long before um, she would be gone that uh, he, he woke up one morning about 6.45 and uh, was beginning to stir around and get ready and he didn't hear any sounds coming from Emily's room, didn't hear her coming down the hallway. He had not come in and, and woken them up. And uh, so a few minutes later, he went down the hall and just slipped in a room to check on her. And uh, when he did walk in there, she was just sitting on the edge of her bed, just sitting there with her hands in her lap, sitting at the edge of the bed. He glanced over at the clock. It was 6.55 a.m. And he said, Emily, honey, what are you doing? And she said, I'm waiting till 7, Daddy, just like you told me to do. Do you know how valuable your time is? Do you know how valuable this day is today? One of the reasons that your time is so valuable is because your time is limited. You understand? Do you know that? You know you're not in, in, on this earth in the present body you have, you are not going to live forever. Psalm 90, verse 12, speaks to that. It says, Lord, teach us to realize the brevity, the shortness of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. You know, this, this day, the next hour, there's no guarantees with any of that. Uh, our family has a tradition of, of uh, watching American Idol, and uh, we tape it and watch it. I confess it right here in front of all of you today. Been doing it for how many years now? 12, 13? What's it, what's it going on? If, I, if that, if that makes, you, uh, makes me shallow in your eyes, just pray for me. I need all the prayers I can get. And we watch that. Uh, the verdict's still a little bit out on this season in terms of how much I like uh, uh, the new judges, but anyway... We were watching the other night, and, uh, and uh, they've, they've lowered the age to, I think, 15 the last couple of years. But there was this little blonde-haired guy that came on, and he looked like he was 12, maybe. And they asked him how old he was, and he said he was 17. And my first thought was, <laughs> you're lying through your teeth, through your pretty white teeth. But then they did the backstory on him, and he's a, a young man who has cystic fibrosis which is a, a developmental disorder and affects so, so many different things. And the life expectancy of someone with cystic fibrosis is about 35 years. And it just struck me that here was this young man sitting in front of us, smiling and trying to do something, 
that uh, has lived half of his life already almost guaranteed at 17 years old. It made me think about my own mortality. You know, the current, the current average life expectancy in the United States of America is 78.2. I don't know what that does for you this morning. I don't know if the point two encourages you a little bit and say, well, I've got two tenths. I mean, I don't know how close, close you are to that. But if, 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 if that average plays out in my life, I'm well past halfway. Doesn't really seem all that long, does it? Teach us, Lord. Your time's limited. Your days are limited. They're very valuable. Your day is also valuable because it's been given to you by God. The moment that you have right now, the moments that you have ahead of you today, they're given to you by God. I want you to read this verse from Psalm 118.24. It's a, it's a pretty common verse, and a lot of times we think of it in terms of worship. But let's, let's put it there. Psalm 118, verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And that applies to February 10th, 2013. This is a day that God has given as a blessing of life to you. It's valuable. Every day is a blessing from God. Every day is given by God. Every day is a day when God is worthy of praise. Your life, your time, your day is valuable because it's limited and given to you by God. But also you need to know this. Your time and your day is not blessed by worry. What do you mean blessed? Well, how about benefited? It's not made better by worry. I want you to listen to these words from Jesus in Luke chapter 12. Listen to what he says, Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Do you know the answer to that? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying about bigger things? In another, another one of the Gospels, uh, Jesus Jesus says, you don't need to worry today. Today has enough trouble of its own. There's enough to deal with today. There's no reason to stew and worry about it. You say, but pastor, I don't want you to take away my right to worry. Because I'm really good at it. I mean, that's, I spend, I mean, you're, you're, eating into my time right there when you talk about that because I spend a lot of good, valuable time worrying. You need to let it go. Your time's too valuable for that. Your day and your time is valuable. 
and your day and your time should be full. It should be full. And some of you are thinking, no problem here. My day is plenty full. My day's packed. I'm busier than a centipede in a toe counting contest. I mean, I just, I've got all kinds of stuff going on. I feel like the, the queen in Alice in Wonderland when, when she said, it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. And if you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast. You ever feel like that? Busy. You know what? Busy doesn't equal full. Not in the biblical sense. When Jesus said, I've come to give you a full or abundant life, he wasn't saying, I've come to fill up your life with all sorts of activity and busyness. Further down in this passage that we're looking at today in Ephesians chapter 5, Beginning at verse 18, some words that you heard a moment ago. The Apostle Paul reminds us of this. He says, Don't be drunk with wine but because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's broken up in our English Bibles, but in the Greek, when it was written, that was all one sentence. It's all one long, continuous sentence. Full. My day should be full. Full of the Holy Spirit. Filled with God's Spirit because I'm filled with His Spirit. And because I seek every day to offer myself to Him. And because every day I'm reading the Word that was inspired by Him that, that will guide my life into fulfillment and fullness and I'm praying every day, and I'm not just asking for help for all my problems. I'm praying every day that God will lead and guide me and direct me and order in my life. Be filled with the Spirit. He prefaced that with saying, don't be drunk. Instead, be filled. Maybe one or two people are thinking, oh no. Is this going to turn into a sermon against drinking? No, no, it's not. I'll just read a few verses to you from God's Word, and then I promise you we'll just move on. I'm going to read these verses from Proverbs chapter 23, and I'm not even going to make any comments on them. I'm just going to read the verses to help provide backup of what the Apostle Paul said. And Well, that was a little commentary right there, wasn't it? Here we go. Proverbs 23, beginning at verse 29. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is and how it sparkles in the cup and how smoothly it goes down, for in the end it bites like a poisonous snake. Things like a viper. You'll see hallucinations. You'll say crazy things. You'll stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. 
I didn't even know when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can look for another drink? No, instead, let your day, your time, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it is, when it is, that doesn't mean it'll be boring. Instead, Paul tells us that when it is, it'll be filled with music, music of the heart. And say, Pastor, I'm not musical. Well, maybe not literally. And maybe truly when it comes to your music, you need to keep it in your heart and not let the rest of us hear it. But that doesn't mean that your life, the way you live each day, the way you spend your time, can't sing with a sense of integrity and harmony with the Holy Spirit and His Word, living to honor God and to bless others, loving God, loving others. That'll produce music that everybody needs to hear. Say, well, Pastor, that's a nice, that's a nice metaphor. What about being practical? What's that look like in my day? I've always uh, uh, loved the, the, the upset um, in sports, unless it happens to my favorite team. But I've always been a big fan of the, of the underdog. And back in 1983, uh, the heavy, heavy favorite in men's college basketball was the University of Houston Cougars. Five slamma jamma. Guy Lewis was the head coach. Some of you can remember back that far. That's when they wore the really short shorts. Do you remember? Remember those? I, uh, I got to confess, 1983, I n- never thought I'd live in Houston, Texas, and they were the heavy favorites. And in that final game, I was rooting for North Carolina State, the Wolfpack coached by uh, Jim Valvano. And if you remember that game at all, North Carolina State won at the buzzer on just a ridiculous miracle, miracle play. And Jim Valvano was their, was their gregarious coach who was out running around uh, on the court trying to find somebody to hug after that, that moment happened. That was 1983. Ten years later, 1993, Jim Valvano had been fighting a battle with bone cancer for quite a while. And he was on uh, an award show on ESPN, and he made a speech that's now become famous. And his foundation, the foundation in his honor and his name has raised millions and millions of dollars for cancer research. And he said in, in that speech that night, he said, To me, there are three things we all should do every day. And he had a sense of how valuable his days were at that time. He would only live just a few more weeks. He said there are three things we should all do every day. Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. And all the parents of teenagers said, yeah. He didn't say that. I I put that in there. You should spend some time in thought, he said. Number three is you should have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh and you think and you cry, 
that's a full day. You do that seven days a week, and you're going to have something special. Well, Pastor, that's, that's some nice thoughts, nice sentimental thoughts from a sympathetic figure. Well, I, I don't know if that's how you feel or not. It's still very inspiring to me. Let's get a little deeper. Let's get more inspirational. Let's get inspired from the Word of God, that the Word that the Holy Spirit gave to the Apostle Paul that we're even reading from today. And let me just, uh, let me just go a little further in this, in this passage, uh, in this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And I'll just give you a few things. This isn't going to be up on your screen. I'll just give you a few things that, that ought to fill your day and things that should not fill your day. I'm going to start reading in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to begin at verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Listen to the practical things, things that should and should not fill your day. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth for all part of the body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you're His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved Himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality or impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. I've seen stories, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. And don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in these things that people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines them. 
for the light makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. There's just three, three quick highlights out of those verses I read to you about how we should spend our time and our day. Three, three quick things that were put in the form of questions. In, in uh, chapter 4, verse 30, there's this, this thing that asks, does it grieve the Holy Spirit? So when you think about what you're physically doing with your time, how you're spending your hours and your days, ask this question when you're, when you're doing something. If, there's, if it's on the line, on the edge, on the border at all, ask this, does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Ask this question, am I imitating or following God in what I am doing, what I choose not to do? Am I following this? Is there a microphone I can grab? And this one right here? Another, Another question, question to ask, ask is, is this. this. Is this appropriate for someone who claims to be in Christ. What I'm doing with my time, what I'm spending my time, the choice I'm making to do this thing, to go to this place, to do this or that, is this, is this in line with somebody who claims to know Jesus Christ? The third thing about, um, about our day being full my time and my day should be full of gratitude, thanksgiving to God. Verse 20, we read earlier, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't need a lot of explanation, does it? Always grateful. You know, this passage that we've been looking at this morning and this message, it's, it's really about our, about our priorities. And as we think about our priorities today, I, I, I read something not too long ago that, that struck me that gave me this idea to kind of give an object lesson this morning that I hope can kind of wrap this up and, and tie, this, tie all this up for us. In thinking about the way that, uh, that we spend our days, how we spend our time, you think about your life and the things that are important, the things that uh, we do and don't do, and I'm going to break them down into three categories and, and say that the, the first section of our lives is, is kind of represented by this ball right here, or things that are, that are made of rubber. So that when you drop them, when you drop them, they bounce back. I mean, it, it drops, but it's not a real big deal because you can catch it and it comes back and it's, it's, not, all that, uh, it's not all that serious. So, you know, for instance, a lot of you know that I enjoy sports. So uh, let's, say, uh, let's say I miss an Astros game. Let's say that a lot of people miss Astros games. Your life will bounce back from that. A Rockets game. 
The Rockets are doing, they're doing pretty good this year. They might make the playoffs. Miss, uh, of course, I miss Rockets games all the time because that whole TV thing, I don't get Rockets games on the Dish Network or what, whatever it is. I guess I really need to email and call and all that that they're asking you to do, but I haven't done it because my, my life seems to be bouncing along just fine without them. But let's say you miss a Texans game. Well, that's getting a little more serious, isn't it? Hmm? For some of us, I mean, that just cannot happen. Just, just, that just can't be missed. But let me just tell you this. If, if you miss one of their games, your life will bounce back from it. That's not going to alter your marriage, hopefully, or your spiritual life. You'll bounce back okay. There are other things uh, in our lives that, um, that are a little more important. They're a little more important. They're represented by, uh, by things that maybe we'd say are made of metal. And if you miss these things or don't do these things, or maybe if you do them but don't do them full and complete, you know, it, it makes a whole lot of noise. There's some disturbance. But nothing's broken. We're talking about things like if you miss a meeting at work, most likely you'll be able to I mean, it's, if it's just one meeting and not 12, if you miss a meeting at work, most likely you can get the notes from somebody and you'll catch up. I mean, it matters, but if you forget to balance your checkbook, you lose track of how much you've got in your account and the bank notifies you that uh, you're overdrawn, I mean, that's going to create some noise in your life. Well, you'll recover from it. If you buy your wife a really, really nice gift for her birthday, but forget your anniversary, I mean, that'll create some noise, both things. The one a pleasant noise, the other a really disturbing, perhaps horrifying noise. You can recover from that. But then there are things that are made of glass. And when you drop those, it shatters. It shatters into pieces. And really, truthfully, things are never ever going to be the same. Or you could go do some really hard work and you could try to piece, piece it back together. You might do a pretty decent job with it. But I reckon looking at this, there'd still be some pieces missing. It certainly is not going to look the same. I doubt you could actually fill it up with water because of the consequences of it being broken. The deal is, is that only you and God know what those things are. Things you can't afford to drop. 
in all likelihood, those things have to do with your relationship with the Lord. Your marriage, your family, your friends. The time in your day, the choices you make, and how you spend it. It's really, really valuable. As we wrap it up today, I, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just this one sentence prayer. If you'd put that on the screen, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. It says this, may Christ and his kingdom determine my priorities and how I spend my time and my day. Would, would you read that out loud with me this morning? May Christ and his kingdom determine my priorities and how I spend my time and my day. Now I want you to do something. I want you to just bow your heads. For just a couple of minutes, let's, let's just be quiet before the Lord. And what I want you to do with, with that time, with these moments, is I want you to pray that prayer in your own words, in your own words to God, pray the prayer, Lord, I want you to determine my priorities, how I spend my time in my day. Think about your think about your mornings. What you do with that time. Think about the time you spend on the job or at school. about the time that you spend with your family. The time with your friends and people you love. about those moments when you have opportunity to do something good and Christ-like for someone who can't offer you anything in return.
Oh, Lord, may your kingdom may your will your word your Holy Spirit's guidance determine how I spend my time and my days. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. And we give you thanks. Thanks.